five, four, three, two, one, boom, we're live. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 145 of the G Meeker MMA show. Obviously, is your host, Gabriel Hernandez, here, June 24th on a Sunday. We're doing a podcast on a Sunday. Asking me why? Because I just feel like it. I don't have to, it means I don't have to do it on Monday. Everybody does their podcasts on Monday. Um, Ariel Hawani's MMA show debuts on Monday. I think on CBS, the CBS network. No. He's going to be at the studios, I think, if I'm correct. I don't know if my knowledge is 100% on point, but that's an exciting thing. I can't wait for that one. Um, and MMA Hour returns tomorrow as well. But, um, and I'm here to talk about everyone else's show here, talk about mine. We've got a great show planned today. Um, recap, a complete recap of UFC in Singapore. Leon Rocky Edwards successfully defeats Donald Cerrone by unanimous decision. It was a fun fight. You know, Cerrone always brings it. And, and by any means whatsoever, Cerrone wasn't out of the fight the whole way. But... You know, Leon Edwards was a crisper. You know, he, he had more energy. He landed a lot more damaging blows. And obviously being on foreign soil had to have it a huge advantage. You know, he did it a lot. You know, Cerrone did get a couple good takedowns in on uh, on Leon. But um, at, at the end of the day, it was Leon that was successful. And, you know, he moves up the ranks. You know, Donald Cerrone was number 11. I think Leon was number 13. So now we're probably going to see Leon in the top 10 or maybe taking Cerrone's spot. But... Overall, it was a great fight, and in the co-main event was also an exciting one, a light heavyweight showdown between Ovid St. Prue and Tyson Pedro, the Aussie, was a great fight, Cerrone did get hurt early on in that fight, or not Cerrone, excuse me, St. Prue did get hurt early on in that fight, and you know, obviously, um, Pedro went to the guillotine choke that Lear Latifi did, and if you remember Ovid St. Prue's last fight against Latifi, he was hurt early, he got hurt by Latifi. I mean, Latifi hits like a fucking truck, and he was choked out unconscious. So Tyson kind of tried to, uh, um, what is it? You know, implement the same exact game plan against Saint Pru. Obviously, Saint Pru was able to withstand that, come back. You know, he got into his favorite position on the ground and was, you know, a nasty armbar. He had a straight armbar, like his, his arm, his arm was extended, nasty, nasty. It was nasty extended, and. You know, it was a beautiful armbar, a beautiful submission victory for St. Prue. A lot of people tend to sleep on the um, the power of St. Prue. Not only is the power of St. Prue, but the, you know, the submission skills. You know, he has a, he's a Von Flu choke. He has a lot of uh, Von Flu submission victories in the UFC, a lot of knockout victories as well. And he is... Um, fantastic, you know, overall fully-fledged mixed martial artist. You know, he's good in all areas. So, another victory for Ovid St. Prue. I mean, he had a highlight real knockout of Corey Anderson. And, um... And, you know, it was a fantastic performance against a much-needed win against Tyson Pedro. Obviously, Pedro's still very young in the sport, and he still uh, has a lot to learn and still has a bright future in the sport. You know, he attracts a lot of fans. The Australian fan base is one of the best, most loyal fan base out there. So, you know, obviously, there's no knock for Tyson. You know, he will come back. He will, obviously, next next show in Australia probably will be a good show for him. I don't know when the UFC is planning those, but, you know, 
a great victory for Olven St. Peru. Um, Jessica I successfully defeats, I think, Jessica Rose Clark by um, unanimous decision. And um, Jessica I falls to 2-0 and since moving to flyweight. Makes it. Makes it too straight. A lot of people aren't used to just guy winning because she's been on the wrong side of some split decision losses. A lot of fights uh, people thought she won. So it's good to see just guy consistently getting some wins back. And, you know, now she's 2 0 in the flyweight division. What's next for her? I don't know. Um, hopefully, another big fight for her. But I was glad to see her win. I was glad to see her, you know, string together a couple of wins now. Hopefully, looking to make it three in a row for. Jessica Evil Eye, the native of Cleveland, Ohio. <sighs> later later on in July, I think July 9th, the UFC returns to, I think it's is it Las Vegas? Where is this fight being staged? But UFC 225 is right around the corner. UFC returns to the United Center July 9th. Wait, no, 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 no. No, 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 that's the wrong fucking night. T-Mobile Arena, I knew I was tripping, I was looking at the wrong pay-per-view card. UFC 226 returns to Las Vegas, Nevada, T-Mobile Arena, July 7th, as Stipe Miocic puts his title on the line against Daniel Cormier, is also the light heavyweight champion, the co-main event, Max Holloway puts his title on the line against undefeated contender Brian Ortega that should be an excellent fight also a featured heavyweight fight we've been waiting for for a very long time Francis Ngannou finally gets to lock horns with Derek the Black Beast Lewis lightweight fight Michael Chiesa versus Anthony Pettis that was a fight that was originally rescheduled early that was supposed to happen earlier but Chiesa wasn't able to make the make the walk due to the whole fiasco with Conor McGregor throwing the throwing the guardrail at the bus and that all that all that craziness. That fight was pulled. Pettis ended up not fighting. Um, light heavyweight fight between Gokhan Saki, famous kickboxer, against Khalil Roundtree Jr. That's a great fight. These are all great fights. Excellent fights. Um, can't wait to see what. Uh, can't wait to see how all these fights pan out. This is one of the more. This is probably the second best card of the year, but I can't wait to see what happens in all these fights. I mean, the, the main event is absolutely spectacular. UFC 225 from T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. Great fucking fights on that card, man. I can't express it to you better than I already am. UFC 225 is stacked. UFC 225. Has a lot of amazing fights on it. I mean, UFC 226, excuse me. I'm so used to saying UFC 225. I mean, it was an amazing fight card. That's why I'm, I have my mind set that that was the best card ever. Stipe Miocic, obviously, versus Daniel Cormier. Max Holloway versus Brian Ortega, like we said. Francis Ngannou versus Derek Lewis. That's an excellent fight. Can't wait. That's an exciting one. And also, Anthony Pettis finally gets a chance to fight Michael Chiesa. Gokhan Saki versus Khalil Roundtree Jr. That will be a stiff test for Gokhan Saki because Khalil Roundtree Jr. is a great fighter. And for uh, Saki being one and one, I mean, 
having one fight in the UFC and, and only having one other MMA fight, that's an excellent, that's a different one. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see what's going to happen, especially in the main event, because the main event is a super fight. Everyone considers it a super fight because we haven't had a fight like this in a long time. Heavyweight champion versus light heavyweight champion. Now, obviously, we the last big super fight we had was probably Bisping versus St. Pierre. But ever since then, we haven't really had anything that was too hot like this. Obviously, we have great fights ever since then, but this fight we haven't had. We haven't done anything like this. You know, it, it, it's uh, it's definitely something that um, it's definitely something we've been waiting for. It's definitely a fight we've been waiting for for quite some time, and it's definitely history in the in the making for this fight. You know, hence if Cormier is successful against Stipe, then that will mark. Daniel Cormier is one of the best of all time because the fact is that he is a light heavyweight champion. Obviously, his only losses are to John Jones. His one loss by decision to John Jones and the second loss, well, technically the second loss, but it's turned into no contest. It was a fight where he stopped against Jones. But, you know, that fight was turned over in no contest. Cormier was given the belt back because John failed his test and all that, and Gon's been out. He's had this whole thing with USADA, so we haven't seen what's going to happen. We haven't, we haven't seen, we don't know what's going to happen with John or anything like that, but obviously now we got this great super fight, and it's a good fight on paper. Because, you know, Cormier is one of the best of all time. And, you know, his wrestling is up there, his striking is great, he trains with a lot of great people, obviously has Cain Velasquez in his corner. And none other than Kane Velasquez is one of the best to have in your corner for that. And, you know, it's a, it's a fantastic fight. I, I really can't wait for this fight. I really can't wait to see if Cormier can be that guy to, you know, put it into Stipe's reign. It's kind of an unfortunate situation for Stipe if he does lose. Because if Stipe loses, he loses the belt. Cormier gets a belt. Cormier is a light heavyweight champion. He's a heavyweight champion. Now, I don't know how the UFC is going to take this. I don't know if they're going to let him defend both belts. I don't know what his plans are. I don't know what his intentions are. But he has a heavyweight division. And he has a light heavyweight division. I know he has made some claim that he will want to go back down to light heavyweight because there's a lot of... Uh, there is a lot of great fights still down there. Obviously, there's Latifi. You got you got uh, Olven St. Prue now. You got Alexander Gustafson, obviously, in the wings. Gustafson's one of the best of all time. So, you know, obviously, if he's going to have any fight down at 205 pounds, it has to be Alexander Gustafson. So, Alexander Gustafson, obviously, is the number one contender. Um, with this whole Cormier versus Stipe thing, we don't know what's going to happen with the heavyweight division right now because, obviously, Cormier, it's going to be tied up. So the ups and the downs about these super fights, uh, excuse me, is that they hold up the divisions. Depending on how many top contenders that you have at the, in the division, when you have the super fights, we don't know what the heavyweight champion is going to do after, after, um, after if, if Stipe wins, then 
by all means, that will keep the heavyweight division at bay. If Cormier wins, that's going to be chaos for the heavyweight division. Not not too bad, not not the worst amount of chaos, but it's going to be chaos to the point where you can't match me. In a way, I'm just saying, in a way, we can't match me because the fact is that Cormier is the heavyweight champion and light heavyweight champion. Now you got Kane Velasquez in there. I don't even know if Kane's going to return. Kane's obviously training. You see pictures of him on Instagram training and all that and, you know, working out, training with Daniel, training with the team. But, you know, obviously he just had a baby as well. His wife just had another baby. Now Kane has two kids, has a daughter and a son now. And, um, you know, he's been up to, he's been with a lot of family. He's been rehabbing his back and everything. And, um, we don't know what's going to happen. So, you know, obviously, um, Daniel's not going to want to fight. Um, he's not going to want to fight his fellow friends. So, you know, all signs point to Cormier jumping back down to 205 pounds and, and fighting, you know, maybe an Alexander Gustafson. But the lightweight division slowly but surely kind of shaping up and all that. You know, it's so weird with not with John Jones being out of the picture because John Jones was the best of all time. And it's like we were given a, a, a blessing, but we were given a curse at the same time. That's the thing. Because, you know, John Jones beat all the best guys. Leota Machida, Vitor Belfort, Chael Sonnen, Rashad Evans, Rampage, Leo, uh, I already said Leo Machida, Alexander Gustafson. Glover Teixeira, Ryan Bader. He's beaten all the best guys in their primes. But now the, everything's changed. Obviously, John Jones just beat Daniel Cormier at UFC 214, but he's been out ever since. John Jones is a scary specimen. John Jones, really, honestly, is the best of all time. And I really can't, it's hard to not put him in this conversation because he will always be looming over there as long as Daniel Cormier is a champion. He will always be looming because he is a champion and he lost to John. And, you know, it'll always be a shadow over his head. That's the thing. But now we've got guys like Olfen St. Prue, obviously John's fought him already, but Tyson Pedro, Corey Anderson, Jimmy Manoa, uh, Glover Teixeira. The let every division still stacked. It's just a matter of what's going to happen and what, what matchups make the most sense. That's the thing. I'm happy for the super fight. I can't wait for the super fight. Hence, DC beats Stipe. That's that's a legacy. That's a legacy. That's a um, that's a huge stamp in his book of legacies. That's a huge stamp to Cormier's legacy. I'm happy for Cormier if he is successful. But if Stipe is successful against Daniel, that will make Stipe one of the best of all time. A lot of people are going against Stipe in this fight because Daniel's previous experience at heavyweight. That I can disagree with, because Stipe is a man on a mission. He's worked so hard to get to that heavyweight belt. He, he, he's proven his point many times. 
he's beaten a lot of guys convincingly. Obviously, to shut down Francis Ngannou. Only guy in the UFC to beat Francis Ngannou. Did it convincingly. He did it a lot of ways that everyone thought he would. And, you know, he's a guy on a man on a mission. He stopped Junior Dos Santos in their second fight. Um, knocked out Andre Arlowski in a matter of seconds. Beat Alistair over him. And he was obviously, he got hurt in that fight too. And came back and knocked Alistair over him out with vicious ground and pound. The heavyweight division solid right now. I mean, if you look at it, I mean, if you look at Curtis Blades, just did Alistair Overeem. And he says he has the best wrestling in the heavyweight division. Let's see how it is when he meets Stipe. This is going to be an excellent fight. Curtis Blades says that he deserves a title shot. And I want to see that because he is obviously new blood. I want to see maybe one more fight. I mean, you got Alexander Volkov in the mix. Volkov kind of reminds me a lot of Gustafson because he's tall, he's rangy, he's lengthy. And we still got a lot of heat in the heavyweight division. Greg Hardy, just kidding. <laughs> That's a, that was a joke. And Greg Hardy just made his uh, debut on Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series, which is replacing the Ultimate Fighter. And he was in trouble. He used to play for the NFL. Um, he got in trouble for, obviously, domestic violence against his girlfriend and stuff, so everyone categorizes him as a, a woman beater and all that. But the charges were dropped. She failed to appear in court and stuff, so that that was um, canceled out. You know, everybody deserves a second chance, like Dana said, but back to everybody doing We digress so hard. But, um... I'm enjoying these fucking hard candies. I don't know, but they're fucking good. Tropical fruit, sugar-free hard candy. Sweetened with Splenda. I don't know where my girlfriend got these, but these are fucking amazing. I've been eating these like the whole fucking podcast. You can hear my, my bag crinkling in the background. But, um, yeah, like I said... UFC 226 is stacked. Not only is it stacked from the, the the top, it's also stacked from the bottom. I mean, the co-main event, you look at this fight. Featherweight fight, featherweight contest. One of the best, you know, one of the best featherweight fights of all time that we've had in the featherweight division for quite some time. You got Max Holloway, the reigning, defending UFC featherweight champion who's on a hot streak right now, who's in his absolute prime. I mean, he stopped Jose Aldo twice in a row. He looked damn good against Jose. No one's looked that good against Jose Aldo. Obviously, other than Connor, but she knocked him out. But Max Holloway is the only guy to convincingly beat Jose Aldo twice. You know, he thought he was the best of all time once. He, he thought that was a fluke once. He beat Jose Aldo down the first time, and he beat Jose Aldo down the second time. Even more convincingly, the same way he beat him the first time. So Max is definitely a killer. He's in his prime. He's beating a lot of the best guys in their primes. I mean, he beat Ricardo Lamas. He's beating um, Cub Swanson. Um, you know, 
finished Jose Aldo twice. You know, was willing to fight Khabib, originally scheduled to fight Habib, but, you know, he was pulled when he was trying to make the cut. So you're about to see Max Holloway fight then. He was originally touted to fight Frankie Edgar, which is a fight we still want to see, and it's a fight hopefully we'll see in the, in the near future, but that doesn't happen. That didn't happen. Max got injured, injured his ankle, and he's been out ever since he stopped Josie Aldo the second time. But now, with Frankie Edgar in the mix, Frankie Edgar's probably the next guy in line after Max, after uh, Brian. But but the, the fact is, um, the, this matchup is one of my favorite matchups because these are two of the guys in their primes. I mean, you look at how big Brian Ortega is for the weight class. You look at how strong he is. He's very strong. He has some of the best submission skills, one of the best guards in all of MMA, all of featherweight division. Definitely is a dangerous guy. I mean, look at what he did to Frankie Edgar. He knocked Frankie Edgar out cold. He didn't knock him out cold, but he, he knocked him out. He stopped Frankie Edgar. He stopped Frankie Edgar in convincing fashion, and he 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 definitely established himself as the number one contender in the UFC featherweight division because of what he did. And now it's two young lions going after each other in their prime. It's not a, nun, a young gun versus an old timer. It's two guys in their primes. Two very young guys who aren't even 30 yet fighting each other. This is going to be fight of the night, fight of the year for sure. This is going to be an absolute barn burner of a fight. I, I, I really can't wait for this fight. It's an excellent fight. Brian Ortega is excellent. Max Holloway is excellent. Both have great backstories. Max has been in the UFC for quite some time and, you know, obviously made his rise up. He was on a hot streak, you know. You know, he, he, like I said, demolished the great Jose Aldo twice. Not once, but twice. But then you saw him. Jose did lose some steam when he lost to Connor. He was stopped in 13 seconds. Ever since then, he wasn't the same. He won the interim title against Frankie Edgar. Connor gets vague, uh, stripped of the belt. Jose Aldo gets promoted to the undisputed champion. Max Holloway fights Jose Aldo. Max beats Jose Aldo. Jose Aldo fills in Frankie Edgar originally. And Max beats Jose Aldo for a second time. And ever since then, Max has been the reigning defending champion. You know, it already feels like Max Holloway has been the champion before he had the belt because of the hot streak he's been on. I mean, his performances against the, the best in the world. And, you know, Cub Swanson, you know, finished Cub Swanson. He finished... uh. Jose Aldo. Who else did he finish? You know, he, he's finished a lot of great guys. You know, he's, he's fought a lot of great guys, and it takes a lot of guts to want to take a fight like that against Habib. You know, I'm kind of glad he didn't take the fight against Habib. You know, the craziness that that was. You know, he wasn't able. He was being pulled. He got pulled from the from the fight because of the weight weight issues and all that, and they didn't let him cut the weight and all that fiasco. But you know, we were glad that he didn't be because, you know, Habib's a fucking monster and I don't want to see anything happen to Max. I'm not saying Max couldn't beat him or anything like that, but I don't want to see anything happen. You don't want to see Max continue to defend his title against Brian Ortega because Brian Ortega is obviously a well-deserving contender. You know, 13, he's 13 and 0. Arguably could be 14 and 0, but, you know, the one known contest he failed because of uh, some, some PED stuff. But um, that was the past and now we're looking at it and we got an excellent fight. I mean, for fuck's sakes, look at Max Holloway. Max Holloway is lengthy, rangy, and he has great cardio. Knockout power. Great submission skills. Great wrestling. 
and obviously Hawaiian, Hawaiian spirit. Hawaiians are some fucking fighters, one of the best of all time. I mean, look at BJ Penn's career, and BJ Penn's career was phenomenal. Max Holloway's career is phenomenal, and you know it's a, it's a legacy thing. You know, Max Holloway's brutal beatdown of Akira Korasani was fucking amazing. That was a good one too. But Max Holloway has the ability to pressure you. He's always moving forward. He doesn't stop. And he pressures guys. He, he beats guys down. He wears them down with his pressure. He eventually senses a finish. He wears them down. Once he starts slowing down, he's going to swarm in on you. And he's going to finish you. Either by knockout or by submission. Now, Max Holloway's Jiu-Jitsu versus Brian Ortega's Jiu-Jitsu. I mean, you look at Jiu-Jitsu-wise. Brian Ortega looks like you on paper would smoke Max. But, you know, this is, this is why this is an excellent fight. Because we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know necessarily if, if he's going to stop him. We don't know if it's going to go to decision. You don't know how this fight's going to go. It's going to be an excellent fight. And it's a fight that a lot of people have been waiting for. Because it's just, it's one of the best fights of all time for the featherweight division. Now, the last time that there was a great fight, there was a huge, huge fight, was McGregor versus Jose Aldo. Obviously, you arguably say Max versus Jose as well. But um, you know, I have to say number three on the list has to be Ortega versus Max. And this is the fight. This is the fight where everyone's been looking for. So we can't wait for that one. Co-main event of UFC 226. Let's get it on to the heavyweights. Francis Ngannou versus Derek Lewis. Ooh, wow, that is fucking fireworks right there. These two don't like each other. These two are some men with knockout power in their hands. And this fight can end with one punch. I mean, if you watch, if you watch the career of Francis Ngannou, he has blasted through each and every one of his opponents viciously. He's blasted through them. He, he's looked good. He's one of the scariest prospects in the heavyweight division. Obviously, just fought for the title against Stipe. And ever since then, you know, hasn't fought. But, you know, he is one of the scariest prospects. And this is a fight that everyone's been calling for. Derek Lewis is also freaking nature. He has, he has, he's a big guy. He's a strong guy. You know, he has, he has knockout power as well. And, you know, his vicious ground and pound too. And great takedowns. Great wrestler. So, you know, Derek Lewis versus Francis and Ghana was a people's main event right there because these two guys, this is a fight we've been waiting for for quite some time. I mean, Francis just fought for the title. Derek Lewis has been just talking shit about Francis for the longest time. Francis doesn't like Derek. Derek doesn't like Francis. This is going to be a fun fight because both these guys have been shit talking for quite some time since Francis before he fought for the title. And, and this is one of the fights that, I feel the fans have been waiting for. Personally, as as a as a fan, as a podcaster, uh, as a mixed martial arts fanatic, this is a fight I feel that everyone's been waiting for. Because I mean, Derek Lewis is always exciting. Derek Lewis is fun. He's a funny guy. If you watch his Instagrams, if you watch everything outside of fighting for Derek Lewis, he's an entertaining guy. He's a fun guy. I mean, if you listen to his interviews on Ariel Hawani's MMA Hour, um, the MMA Hour show when he's on there, I always laugh every single time. Every single time I've heard him talk, he's he's always made me laugh. He's a funny guy, and you know, obviously, you know, he's coming off of uh, I, don't know, I think he, who did he last fight? Who did Derek Lewis last fight? 
Let me see. Derek Lewis. Let me pull it up. He just fought. I'm pretty sure he just fought. Yeah, he just fought at UFC Fight Night 126 against Marcin Tibura. He knocked him out in the third round. Two minutes, 48 seconds. Yeah, before that he lost to Mark Hunt. But he came back and he fought and knocked out Marcin Tibura. And um, before that he knocked out Travis Brown. Knocked out Shamil Abderakimov. Beat Roy Nelson by split decision. Knocked out Gabriel Gonzaga. Knocked out Gabe, Damian Gabronski, Victor Pesta, and then obviously before that, in, back in 2015, he lost to Sean Gordon. John, Sean Jordan. But other than that, Derek Lewis was streaking before he lost to Mark Hunt, so that was a, that was a great one. Um, and other than that, you know, it was, uh, Derek Lewis. Still one of the best. I mean, he was streaking for the longest time. So, you know, he's fought a lot of the best guys. Arguably could say he fought a lot better guys than Francis has fought. But, you know, Francis has fought Stipe. And he obviously lost Stipe. We don't, we haven't seen Francis fight a guy. We haven't seen Francis fight a guy like Obviously, like Derek Lewis, but you know he's fought a guy like Stipe. That's the argument. But Stipe has fought the best of the best. I mean, from from Roy Nelson, Gabriel Gonzaga, I mean, Junior Dos Santos, Mark Hunt, Andre Arlovski. He knocked out Fabricio Verdum, knocked out Alex Dovery, knocked out Junior Dos Santos, and beat Francis Ngannou. And his only losses are two: Junior Dos Santos and Stefan Struve. Look at where Stefan Sue's at now. But, you know, it was a while back, and ever since then, Stipe has looked fantastic. You know, he did what he had to do against Francis. So, back at Stipe's last fight, I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at it because, you know, I expected that. You know, I expected him to do that, you know. I mean, Francis was throwing some serious heat in that fight. And, you know, Francis had some huge power. I mean... His knockout over Alistair Overy will forever be in the books. That's one of the craziest, almost devastating knockouts of all time. I mean, if you look at the size of Francis's hands, they're like similar to the size of Overeem's head. And he looked spectacular against Overeem. Like, for fuck's sakes. He knocked him out beautifully. I mean, obviously... You know, he has, he's a big, thick, muscular guy. And, you know, if it comes to the going the distance and stuff, you know, he did slow down a lot against Stipe, but then Stipe's one of those guys. You got a guy with great cardio versus a guy who's never been the five round distance before in his life. So, but then Francis, ever since Francis has lost, you know, it was good that he lost against Stipe that early because he still is one of the most dangerous guys in the division. He still is one of the guys with the bright future. And now that he got the experience he needed against Stipe, he, he went back. He's going back to the drawing board. And, you know, he's not too far away from him. At the heavyweight division, you're not too far away from the title shot. But you got guys like Alexander Volkov. You know, Curtis Blades. Curtis Blades fought Francis Ngannou. You know, he's doing good against Francis Ngannou. That fight was stopped due to a cut. But other than that, you know, you know Curtis Blades look excellent. So, Francis Ngannou, 
versus Derek Lewis should be an excellent fight because, you know, this is uh, we have been waiting for this fight for quite some time, ladies and gentlemen. All right, moving on to, like, 150 pounds lighter in the lightweight division. Showtime Anthony Pettis returns against Michael Maverick Chiesa. Michael Chiesa is one of those guys. He's one of those guys. He has great, great conditioning. He he's he's a ferocious guy. He's an aggressive guy. He comes forward. He's great at pressuring you. He can wrestle you. He can submit you. And you haven't really seen too much, but he can knock you out. And he's the winner of the Ultimate Fighter. He beat um, Ally Quinta to become the Ultimate Fighter. I think it was Ultimate Fighter Live. Was it the Ultimate Fighter Live? Let me see. But Kiesa is one of those guys. Kiesa is one of my favorite guys. He's a, he, he always brings it. He's very ferocious. He, I mean, it's unfortunate what happened to him, what pulled him from the fight with Anthony Pettis. You know, it was an unfortunate, unfortunate, you know, thing due to the actions of Conor McGregor. I mean, his last fight, he hasn't fought since June of... He's been out for over a year. He hasn't fought since June 25th to last year against Kevin Lee, which is also a very controversial fight because he didn't tap, you know, and the fight was stopped, and he didn't... The whole controversy with that, and, you know, it was a whole controversial thing, but, um, he... Last last before that, he fought against Benio Darius, won in submission, rear naked choke in 2016, 2015, won in Jim Miller, rear naked choke as well, Mitch Clark in 2015 as well, and his last loss was to Joe Lowe's on you know, Dr. Stoppage in the fight he wanted to continue with, uh, fight of the night for sure. And other than that, Francis, Francisco Trinaldo, Colton Smith, and you know before that he lost at nine to one to Jorge Masvidal. So other than that, oh let me see, no it wasn't the Ultimate Fighter. It wasn't the Ultimate Fighter. But yeah, it was Ultimate Fighter live finale. He has a beat. Kiesa beat, um, that's what Kiesa beat, um, Ally Quinta. So, yeah, Kiesa's a ferocious fighter. Definitely, I mean, he hasn't been too active as of late. He's a young guy, he's 30 years old. You know, obviously, he's very, he's very tall for the division. He's fighting a great guy, a very experienced guy in the form of Anthony Showtime Pettis. So, we're going to see how this fight's going to go. Um, it's kind of a, a, a fight that's been, you know, it's, it, it, it's, you know, where Anthony Pettis is now versus where he used to be, we're still trying to get him back. We're still trying to see where he is. After this fight, we'll see where he is. Because, you know, other than that, he hasn't really won too much recently. I mean, his last string of wins, his last win against Gilbert Melendez... No, not his, it's not his last official win, but his last win when he was streaking was against Gilbert Melendez. I mean, before that, I mean, look at it. It's like Gilbert Melendez, Benson Henderson, Donald Cerrone knocked him out with the body kick. Joe Lozon knocked him out. Jeremy Stevens by split decision. And other than that, and then he lost to Dos Anjos, lost to Eddie Alvarez by split decision, lost to Edson Barbosa, dropped down to featherweight, beat Charles Oliveira. Then he fought for the interim featherweight title against Max Holloway. Lost TKO body kick and punches. And then Jim Miller beat Jim Miller back at lightweight. And then he fought Dustin Poirier in a very fun fight back in 2017, November of November, November 2017, which is also a very fun fight. Fight of the night. 
and you know obviously he lost that due to a rib, rib injury and then we haven't seen him ever since so this is gonna be an excellent fight i mean you look at all the people pettis has fought definitely some of the best people in the world i mean danny castillo benson henderson twice clay guida joe lozon donald Cerrone, gilbert melendez edson barbosa Eddie Alvarez. I mean, you could arguably say his resume is better than Kiesa's by any means whatsoever. And, you know, we would say Pettis has the advantage when it comes to the stand-up game and, you know, it's just how he's going to respond to the pressure because Kiesa's a pressure fighter. Kiesa's going to pressure you all the way and he's going to make you uncomfortable. So it's just a matter of seeing Anthony Showtime Pettis in an uncomfortable spot. So we're really trying to see him get start to streak again. We're starting to, we, we want to see him come back. You want to see him start to string together some wins. And his first his first line of business is against Maverick Michael Chiesa. Pettis has excellent stand-up, excellent jiu-jitsu. You know, his wrestling hasn't been the best, but he's worked on it a lot as of late. You know, his, his fight against Dustin Poirier was one of the best fights I've ever seen. One of the, one of the most exciting fights overall. Obviously, he came out on the losing end of that fight, but it was it was a really fun fight, and you're definitely definitely a fight of the night for sure. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I just visited a park earlier that I haven't seen since I was like six years old. I took pictures, I posted it on a Snapchat. It was Rainbow Park. It was titled Rainbow Park. I hadn't been there in so long, so it felt good to go and see it. It was definitely it was fucking hot outside though. It's like seventy seven degrees outside. I think if anything, a little bit hotter now, but. I seen this park earlier, and I hadn't seen it since I was a little kid. Definitely, have made some improvements to it, but that was um, definitely was a good uh, definitely was a good time. I got to see that, take some pictures. I saw the pool that I first learned how to swim in, and that was the first pool that I ever learned to swim in. So that was excellent, and it was exciting. So I got to see that early. That was just a quick little thing. But anyways, ladies and gentlemen, moving on. I mean, going back to UFC Singapore, now with Leon Rocky Edwards, he has requested a fight with Jorge Masvidal. Fight has Masvidal hasn't been booked yet, so Masvidal has a win over Cerrone. He actually knocked out Cerrone, so that will be a common opponent between both of those guys. And, you know, Leon Edwards is one of those guys that's slowly, surely but surely coming up. I mean, his biggest win is against Cerrone, I mean, but you look at Cerrone, um, now you got guys like Darren Till on the, Darren Till, Leon Edwards, Jorge Masvidal, Colby Covington, Rafael Dos Anjos. We got a, we got a stacked 170 pound division, ladies and gentlemen. I, I can't get over that. I can't say it. I can't express it as much as I have been, but damn, that is a damn good fight. Damn good. Um, we, a lot of the divisions are slowly but surely stacking up. Um, lightweight. Let's see, lightweight. Fuck. Who the fuck's a lightweight champion? What the fuck? Why am I drawing a blank? Who is the lightweight champion? This is going to sound so bad. People asking me, why are you following the sport if you don't know who the lightweight champion of the UFC is? No. Oh, my mind is drawing a complete blank. I am so tired still. I didn't sleep all the way. I am drawing a fucking blank right now. This is so bad. Ah, that's so hard because I'm just not used to him. But 
Habib Nurmagomedov is a lightweight champion. So Habib, you know, the lightweight division, the welterweight division, the light heavyweight division, the heavyweight and the heavyweight division are all stacking up right now. I mean, you got the two rematches, Cody versus TJ2, DJ versus uh, Cejudo2. That should be a good one. I had a weird dream last night, actually. I had a dream that um, Sergio Pettis fought Henry Cejudo again and got beaten again. The same way. Because you look at Sergio Pettis, his last fight was against Cejudo. And I'm not kidding. I really did have a dream about this. I had a dream that um, I went to go and visit all my old schools and all that. And visit and talk to a lot of people that I had uh, used to conversate with. Like teachers, counselors, and all, etc. But I also had a dream that I got the title shot. I don't know which division, but I got the title shot. I was all excited. I woke up, told my girlfriend. I was like... I got the fucking title shot. I got the title shot. I'm fighting for the title. I was excited as fuck. And then I woke up and I realized I was like, ah, I was like, I got the gold belt and everything. I was like, I'll even go and buy the gold belt just for a replica. It's like $500, I think. But I was so fucking excited. Sorry, I'm texting. Texting during the podcast. But anyways, yeah. I'm really excited for future to come. 420. Fucking tired, ladies and gentlemen. Can't believe we're on 145 episodes already. Technically, it would be like, I think, 145 plus, let me see, 145, you gotta count the episodes of segments as well. You do segments, those count as an episode. Episode, uh, 14, so 145 plus 14, let's see. 14. So, arguably, we're on episodes 159 episodes in. We've been there since 2015. Um, we've been doing this podcast for three years now. So, this is my three years, three year anniversary of the podcast. And I know we really didn't talk about it too much on here, but we're three years deep, ladies and gentlemen. And yeah, we got so much more to go. And I'm excited because we got a lot of shit to we have a lot of shit still to cover on, um, I mean, the whole show. I mean, my show's not going anywhere. It's available everywhere. It's available on Google Play Music. You, my favorite, my favorite place is Castbox. Though you go to Castbox, they have all your favorite, uh, your favorite, um, all your favorite podcasts. I mean, I have mine, mine on there. Fire and the Kid podcast. I don't really listen to below the belt with Ben and Schaub necessarily, but I have that one on there if I do need to listen to it. Anika Florian podcast, Joe Rogan experience previously the MMA hour, but now I'm going to stop listening to that because it's Luke Thomas and I'm just going to subscribe to Ariel Hawani's MMA podcast. Let me see if it's already on there. Ah, here we go. Episode zero. What? Ariel Hawani's already had some people on here. Is this the? Hopefully, this is the right spot. 
Ariel Hawani's MMA show. Yeah. Yeah, this seems like it. I just subscribed. Five minutes and 41 seconds for episode zero. So that's going to be the new one. I'm, I'm not going to listen to Luke Thomas' show because it's basically like the Luke Thomas show. And I don't think necessarily anybody's going to be too, too, you know, excited to want to be on the MMA hour if it's not with Ariel Hawani. Because you think about it for years and years and years, Ariel Hawani, it's been Ariel Hawani's show. So that's probably my, the same reason I have for not listening to MMA hour. It's probably the same reason that everyone else hasn't listened to the MMA hour because it's going to be with a different host. And the host is everything. The host is everything. It's basically like a different show. So, you know, I follow Ariel Hawani anywhere he goes and anywhere that, anywhere else, basically. So, that's that. Um, what else we got today? Any, any news? I want to break some news down. We haven't really broken any, anything interesting on here. But we're going to pull it up and we're going to see what we got. Some good news in the music world, though. Um. They did catch someone who was associated with XXXTension's murder. One guy. One guy was taken in. He wasn't necessarily the shooter, but he was one of the accomplices who was in the car waiting while while the shooters went out there and, and they robbed him. And allegedly, they demanded, they had followed him into the motorcycle dealership. And when he was leaving, they had parked the car right in the middle of the road, blocking him from leaving, ran up to the car, demanded he give him the jewelry. He didn't comply with them, and boom, they shot him. Shot him in the neck. Died. And another unfortunate thing that happened maybe a few days ago was the murder of, a slaughtering murder of a young boy in the Bronx, in New York. Um, his name was Junior. Well, a lot of people know him as Junior, but this boy was... Unfortunately, when I heard this, it was on video. It was caught on video. He was in the corner store. These men, I think four or five, maybe rumored even six men, pulled him out. They're, they beat the shit out of him. They stabbed him multiple times with a machete. And, you know, he was left bleeding. And they let him go. They, let, they pushed him to the side, basically. They just, you know, he was sitting there. He ran. He had enough energy to run to the hospital. And he's bleeding. And supposedly no one from the hospital was helping him. They were questioning him. All this different stuff. No one was attending to him. He was bleeding out. And, you know, he was pronounced dead at the hospital. You know, it, it was an unfortunate thing. He was dragged from the shop and butchered. Butchered by a gang with machetes. And the whole motive behind this thing, no one knew what the motive was till a few, you know, maybe a few days later. But these attackers were notoriously caught in camera. They were, a lot of them, a couple of them were caught. And, um, you know, this whole thing originated because of a man looked very similar to this young boy. This boy was only 15 years old. This man, the man that they had mistaked him for was a man who was a part of a, it was in a sex tape, sex tape revenge. He was recording uh, one of these men's nieces getting fucked by another guy. And he was recording it, recording her getting fucked. 
she had she had a, a a pillow over her face or whatnot, but she was getting fucked by her his friend, and they had a revenge on him. They wanted to find him and beat his ass. And they had revenge on him, and this guy looked very similar to this young boy who was murdered. So they went after him mistakenly meant to go after for an, after another guy. Now I can see that, you know. Obviously bullshit. All bullshit aside, this is unacceptable. This is one of the worst things that ever happened. You know, the fact is these two people in the video didn't even try to help or attempt to help him with anything. I don't know if they just didn't want to get involved or they didn't want to hit something them later on or anything like that, but I'm not necessarily a fan of people recording bullshit like this. I mean, this little boy's last moments, last moments in life and um, and everyone recording it. You know, the society is known as the robot society because everyone has to pull their phones out. Any big disaster happens. Everybody has to pull their phone out and record it. I just have to record it. It's a sickness. It's an illness. But this boy was murdered brutally, stabbed to death. And stabbed in the neck. He was stabbed multiple times. He was bleeding out and he eventually died. So, like I said, sex tape. Guy looked very similar to him. They mistake Junior for the guy that was in the video. And now Junior is dead. And the parents, unfortunately, have to bury another child. But the good thing is they're catching the suspects day by day. I mean, there's a fucking, there's a video of them clear as day. There's pictures of them clear as day. And it's very easy for them. One of the guys tried to fled. I think he tried to fled away from the country or something like that. But his mother, you know, who had just been operated on, turned him in. So that's that's good. Good on the good on the music world. Um, you know, very unfortunate for X X Extension from his life to end like that. But you know, obviously didn't want to give up what he had. You know, he fought fought till the very end. And you know, unfortunately, but these guys robbed him. You know, he had, he had stacks and stacks. He had stacks, and he, um, you know, he had a lot of money, so he, it was reported, I think he was his, his attorney or something like that. He, not his attorney, but his, like, lawyer or something like that. You know, he had went to the bank, withdrawn a lot of money. He was going to buy a motorcycle, and um, he's gonna, he was gonna buy a motorcycle, and he had a lot of cash, so these guys robbed him, and, um, other than that, they knew he had a lot of money on him, and they, you know, they robbed him. He refused to give him the money, so they stabbed him and shot him. I don't think they stabbed him. Did they stab him, or did they shoot him? Let me see. But anyways, it doesn't matter. All right, moving on, ladies and gentlemen. To moving on to what the fuck? Cerrone nearly withdraws from UFC Singapore due to illness. But that's the best part about Donald Strong is that he is a notorious fighter. He's going to fight to the end. He's going to fight. He, he fought through all these unfortunate things. He said he was feeling sick in the beginning. And, you know, he still came out there and he still fought. Um, And, you know, that's what, that proves that Donald Strong is one of the fighters, one of the best fighters of all time. Liked it. Definitely is... One of my favorite fighters, you know, always comes there, always brings it. Fucking loves his job. He said it like that on the broadcast. So I definitely do love Cerrone. Cerrone is one of the best of all time. I do always appreciate what Cerrone does. And, you know, he always brings it. He's had some of the best fights of all time. WEC, UFC, you know, some of the most post-fight bonuses in UFC history. And he's just one of the best of all time. Okay, Robert Whitaker says... 
not he's not sure how superhuman Romero recovered from the weight cut. This is from Lewis McKeever on SB Nation, Bloody Elbow. Speaking, I'm going to read it. Whatever he's hydrating on, I would quote, whatever he's hydrating on, I would like to know so I can hydrate on that. Whitaker told BJPen.com's Tom Taylor because it turns you superhuman just about. You know, obviously, if you remember, Romero didn't miss weight. Romero had lost to Whitaker already and Robert says he was a completely different animal in the championship rematch. You know, he said he felt, he feels like Romero was made of concrete, like metal. Like he was a dude made out of concrete. He, Whitaker says, I fought him a year ago and he didn't feel like concrete. Not like that. He's a tough guy. He's a top, top caliber athlete. For him to come back and feel so differently and to perform so differently than he did a year ago. Let's not forget, I fought him before. I've experienced his shots. I've experienced landing shots in him. I've experienced fighting him before. For him to make those changes physically and athletically in a year at the age of 41, I'm leaving that down to nothing more than magic. So, what's he implying? Is Romero on steroids? No, I just don't know how a fucking freak of nature like that. I mean, Romero is gifted. I don't know anything. I don't know anything behind the scenes. Who knows what the fuck's going on? We don't know. But, you know, only only God knows. That's Romero's biggest supporter is Jesus Christ. So we don't know if he's on steroids. I mean, he did pop for one point, but it turned out that test was tainted. Romero is just a freak of nature. I mean, who knows? I mean, he, he fought him a year ago, and he says he fought differently. I don't. I really just don't know. I mean, we we don't know what Romero is doing. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes. I mean, he's a freak of nature. Obviously, he's a big, strong guy. He's been an Olympic silver medalist. Obviously, in the Olympics, is the most strictest drug testing on the planet. So, you obviously know that yeah, he didn't cheat his way through that. And in mixed martial arts, he's still very young as well. I still feel he's very fucking young. That's for sure. He's very young in the sport still. He's very, uh, you know, he's 41 years old. Good God, nine years away from 50. But um, he still is, Jesus Christ, nine years away from 50 years old. I mean, if you look at... Like a guy who's maybe like a Max Holloway. Nine years, Max Holloway is probably like 27, 28, 29, 30, 31. Max Holloway is going to be 35 in, in nine years. And, and Yoel Romero is going to be 50 in nine years. So realistically, how much more does Romero have left in the tank? That's, a, that's the thing. How much longer does he have left in the tank? How many years are we going to see a guy like Romero fight and compete for? I mean, it's it's exciting, and we take it day by day, fight by fight. You know, not, not any any rush whatsoever. And obviously, nine years is a long ass fucking time from now, but but we're still gifted, and we're still glad to have a great fighter like Romero. I just think physically, he's one of those guys. I mean, he wasn't able, he he rehydrated, and obviously, you know, his weight cut didn't go as good. It wasn't one of the most brutal weight cuts, but his weight cut didn't go as planned as much because of the whole controversy and all that. But, you know, Romero has a, definitely has a good future. And if he does jump to 205, then that's going to be an excellent fight. That's going to be an excellent fight too. Excellent uh, fight. Er, excuse me, a fighter. Definitely a good fighter added to 
the light heavyweight division, like I was saying earlier, that division's already stacked. So, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be an excellent um, it's gonna be an excellent addition to the two hundred and five pound division. That should be good. I can't wait to see what Romero does with that. And uh, let's move on, ladies and gentlemen. Today's episode has been really good. It's been a lot, really inform- informative. Excuse me. Let me go to my favorite website for information. Not going to say that. After McGregor bus attack and infant son's hospitalization, Ray Borg plots welcome comeback. You know, the whole thing with Ray Borg also was one of the victims of the Conor McGregor bus incident. And it was an unfortunate thing, unfortunate news. He had glass in his eye. Ray Borg's son had to have a lot of different surgeries, you know, potentially could have died. But his son pulled through, his infant son. He was in the hospital for quite some time. He re- he, he withdrew um, from his, his last fight because of this, because of all this and, you know, you know, it was just an unfortunate, uh, it was an unfortunate, uh, thing to, uh, an unfortunate, unfortunate turn of events for, uh, bad luck for Ray Borg because he had to withdrew to fight with Brandon Moreno the first time and the second time he withdrew because of his son, the set things with the son. And it was an unfortunate turn of events for Ray Borg. So whoever you welcomes, Whoever he welcomes is definitely someone uh, whoever he fights is a great fight. Curtis Blades wants Francis Ngannou rematch if not title shot makes picks for DC versus Steve Bay. You know, like I said, that, that's a good fight for him, a rematch with Francis Ngannou. That would be a good one. I feel that Curtis Blades is right up there, and he definitely could, like I was saying earlier. But um, let me go Let me go back to this. Big news in the MMA world is for MMA fans, mixed martial arts fans, Leota Machida makes the jump to Bellator MMA. I didn't even know that was his last fight on his, on his contract, but he delivered a knockout, front kick to the face knockout over Vitor Belfort in his last fight. I didn't even know that that was his last fight on this contract, but, you know, it looks like he didn't want to re-sign with the UFC. I mean, with with Bellator, with him moving to Bellator, he, he can use all his sponsors. I mean, look at look at how old. I mean, Machida's 40 years old. So if Machida's 40 years old, he only probably has realistically, like, probably like a few fights, maybe four fights left in his career, maybe. I don't know how long he t- intends on being with Bellator, but... Machida definitely is one of my favorite fighters, and you know I follow him wherever he goes and whatever he chooses to do. And this was a big surprise, you know. It's rumored that he was moving to Bellator, and then it was finally confirmed by Ariel Hawani that he was moved to his move made the jump to Bellator. I don't know necessarily what division he's going to go to, whether it's light heavyweight or middleweight. But this makes things a lot more interesting because you look at you look at Everyone, a couple people he's beaten, and you know, he's beaten my Ryan Bader, might have weight, beaten Gegard Busaski, middleweight. So, arguably, if you look at it, Leota Machida is being the light heavyweight champion and he's beaten the middleweight champion of Bellator already. That's what makes it exciting. I mean, you that was a Machida, a early on Machida back then against Ryan Bader, and you know, 
Ryan Bader's definitely improved a lot since then. You know, the Gegard Mousasi fight was awkward. And um, now it makes fun, makes sense for Machida. I mean, you know, the, the one that sticks out the most probably, if he's going to get a middleweight a title shot, it's going to be after Gegard fights Rory McDonald. But in the meantime, I mean, there's there's great fights at 205 pounds. And I don't know if Machida's only fights in Bellator are going to be big name fights, maybe a Vanderlei Silva fight or a rematch with Rampage or something like that. But um, who knows what Machida's going to do. But that's a big signing for Bellator because, you know, Bellator, like I said, has picked up Benson Henderson, Ryan Bader, Matt Mitrion, Phil Davis, Leota Machida, Roy McDonald, Gaylord Musasi, and Chael Sonnen, Fedor. But more notably, the UFC guys that went over. You know, Fedor was a big signing for them. And, you know, Bellator is in the right direction. He's making it. They're making... They're making, um, they're making, definitely making some moves, signing all these guys like that. You know, you know, Leota Machida has been a former, is a former champion in UFC, UFC lightweight champion, knocked out Rashad Evans. You know, he's one of the trick, most trickiest guys. He was one of the more fan friendly guys, one of the hardest guys to figure out back in his day. You know, like I said, he was 16 and 0 at one point when he fought, he was 16 and 0 fighting Tito Ortiz. I mean, he was 17 and 0 at one point. So Machida, did start off his career very successfully, so definitely did look good. He looked good, and you know, obviously he's looked good as of late. You know, it was two wins in a row and against Aaron Anders, Eric Anders, and um, his knockout over Vitor Belfort, which was was vintage Leota Machida. So it was good to see Machida. It's good to see Machida come back, and um, it's good to see Machida making a good career move for him. And not only for him, but for him and his family. He is in California. He does live in California. And, you know, now with Bellator, you know, you're allowed to have more than one sponsor. You, you, can, you don't have to have the Reebok, just the Reebok sponsor. Not, not only is it the Reebok sponsor, but now he gets to have all his sponsors. He gets to wear them around, and he gets to have him on his banner and he gets a lot he gets more money you know more money more sponsors more money you know now he's able to show his sponsors and you know bellator allows you to have all your sponsors so he's gonna be making a lot more money and arguably probably a lot more money than he made in the ufc as of late so that's good for machida um anything else we got today let me look anything else before we get out of here no i think that's it other than that i think you pretty much talked about everything Definitely, we, we, we have. Um, but, ladies and gentlemen, that was our show. I think that's pretty much everything we got today. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back a little bit. Um, that, we'll be back a little, We'll be back later this week for episode, brand new episode of Segments, episode 15, if I'm correct. Let me check real quick before we get out of here. Episode, let me see. Let me just pull it up real quick. Episode, yep, episode 15 of Segments will be later uh, available later this week. I'll shoot that one later on this week. You guys know where to find me. I appreciate you guys all for joining us here on this brand new episode of the Meeker MMA Show. Appreciate every single one of you guys. We'll be back later on this week. You know where to find me at MMA on Twitter, at MMA on Instagram. And for you new fans and for anybody else, I thought of this the other day. I thought it would be fun. Ah, uh, that's funny. Stipe versus um 
versus Daniel Cormier. They made a little funny poster of it. Uh, Woody Harrelson and the guy from uh, um, Will Smith's show. What, what is it called? Um, Prince of Bel-Air. That was funny. Um, but you guys can follow my fan page also. I have 20 followers on it, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to grow this shit. But at Gabriel C. Meeker on Instagram. It's my fan page for my podcast as well as my own. It promotes the podcast. Put a lot of Joe Rogan stuff on there as well. And it's really exciting too. So that will be, that. that that's something we're going to be doing too. So follow my fan page at Gabriel C. Meeker on Instagram. Follow G. Meeker MMA Show on Instagram. Follow me on Instagram at G. Meeker MMA. Facebook.com slash GabyBaby123. And anything else, ladies and gentlemen, you can find me, you can talk to me at Snapchat at Meeker underscore MMA as well if you're one of those people. I appreciate all you guys. We will be back next week. Meeker MMA out. Baby.